Hello, beautiful friends. As I record this episode, it's getting towards the end of July, and things are certainly heating up outside. Where I am in Ohio, we don't have it near as bad as what's going on in other parts of the country lately, where temperatures are reaching triple digits, some even as high as 120 degrees. No, that's not what it's been like here. But still, it's been quite warm. So it's nice to be able to walk outside without even a thought about putting a coat on or piling on layers to protect myself from the elements. It's a dream to walk outside barefoot and to feel the soft green grass underneath my feet. Even though sometimes the heat can feel oppressive, I try to take the time to commit it to memory for what it is, because it won't be long before the weather swings back the other way and it'll be freezing, and the winters in Northeast Ohio can be pretty brutal. The weather can definitely be crazy, even volatile at times, especially at the times of year when we're going through the change of seasons. Temperatures can go from delightfully warm to freezing cold to oppressively hot to pleasantly cool. Some days you just never know what you're going to get, and you might even experience all four seasons in the span of one day. Even when we are solidly in the midst of a particular season, when temperatures are relatively stable, we can still experience those drastic swings simply because of air conditioning or indoor heat. I enjoy weather. I love looking at the forecast every day to see what I might expect for the following day or week. I find a good summer thunderstorm can be thrilling to watch from the safety of my home. I enjoy looking at the current weather in other locations around the world, especially when I'm getting ready to visit there or I have visited there in the past. What are the temperatures like? Will it be warm and sunny? Cold and rainy? Do I need heavier clothes or lighter ones? A jacket, waterproof shoes, umbrella, sunglasses, and sunscreen? If you think about it, whether we pay a ton of attention to it or not, weather really does dictate a lot of our lives. I know for me personally, if it's raining, I don't really want to leave the house. If it's snowing, I really don't want to leave the house. So I'll pay close attention to the forecast well in advance so I can prepare for those days and have everything I need so that going out is not necessary when the skies need to release their precipitation or old man winter sends his bitter cold winds. I was thinking about all of these things the other day when I got in the car to run an errand on a particularly warm day here, the kind of day where you get in the car and you can't literally touch nothing, (laughs) can't touch the steering wheel or the buttons or anything because everything is hot as Hades itself and all you want to do is get the windows down and the AC cranked all the way up. All I wanted was some relief. In that moment, it made me think about the dichotomy, the juxtaposition, the opposition of these forces of hot and cold. Made me think about this podcast. Made me think about those who are Recovering from abusive situations and how abuse can be just like the change in the weather. It can be hot, it can be cold, it can swing from hot to cold in the blink of an eye, and it can be completely unpredictable. Now, when it comes to weather, we have the luxury of a weatherman's forecast, which we know isn't always accurate, but gives us a general idea of what we might be up against. And when it comes to weather, we all just kind of deal with it because really, what else is there to do, right? But when it comes to abuse, it's different. When it comes to abuse, those changes, those swings, those uncertainties can be terrifying. These ponderings made my mind think about those of us who have been in situations where we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what we were going to get. We didn't have the luxury of a forecast to warn us about what might be coming even momentarily. No, those of us who have been in abusive situations live in a constant state of unknowing, of high alert, of survival mode the kind of alert that one might experience when the direct hit of a hurricane is imminent. 
Yes, this even applies to those who have experienced spiritual, mental, and emotional abuse. Even though you may not have been in physical danger, the mindfuck, excuse my language, but I really can't think of a better way to put it, is incredible. And often, it only takes one time for an abuser to do something horrific to you to send you spiraling into this state of unknowing limbo. One time. And often, like the rain and wind that comes before a hurricane, that first time is just the beginning. It's just the start of the storm rolling in. It's the sudden extreme swing from cold to hot. Many years ago, in one of my several abusive relationships, I saw this sudden swing firsthand. When that day began, the weather looked great. He was nice and pleasantly warm, though there was still a shadow hanging over us, some remnants of tension from an unresolved ongoing argument we had been having over the past several weeks. Up to that point, his abuse was only verbal and emotional. I don't say only to imply that verbal and emotional abuse isn't that bad. It is, so please don't misunderstand me. I say only simply to imply that it hadn't escalated past that. But that day, the weather would change. A storm was rolling in for which I had no warning. I had no reason to believe, based on our history, that things would escalate the way they did. Our argument for the day commenced. It always went the same way. I would tell him what I was unhappy about and what was bothering me about his recent behavior and why it bothered me. He would tell me I was overreacting and to just shut up. I would tell him that he was being a jerk and what kind of relationship was this if I couldn't even tell him when I was upset about something. He would get more agitated and tell me I was being stupid or how his friends' wives and partners never gave them crap because they were cool. Why couldn't I just be more like them? Then I pointed out that I hated when he treated me this way. Wow. Okay. Cue the temperature swing. Apparently, that was the wrong thing to say. Cue the tornado sirens. With no warning, the storm was here. At that moment, our cat walked in and brushed against my leg and then turned around and brushed by on the other side. I leaned over and picked him up. I wanted to feel something that felt like love and hoped my cat was feeling snugly in that moment. When I stood back up, the storm was literally standing right in front of me, in my face, with a look in his eyes that I will never forget. What did you say? He bellowed through gritted teeth. I repeated, I hate it when you treat me this way. Before I could even grasp what was happening or what he was doing, I felt the hot, clenched knuckles of his fist across my face. The cat, terrified, jumped out of my arms, leaving scratch marks on my face and chest. What the hell just happened? He took a quick step back with a look on his face that showed that he was shocked himself by his own behavior, by the things he was capable of. Yet, he quickly tried to explain away his crime. The look on my face, I'm sure, showed him that he should be very careful about what his very next word or action would be. But I hoped it didn't betray the other thoughts I was having in that moment. Do you know what he said? He said, I didn't mean it. I was trying to hit the cat. Excuse me? <laughs> Why on earth would you want to punch a cat, let alone a cat that was doing nothing but snuggling in its mama's arms? You jackass. To be honest, I don't really remember what happened after that. I think my brain just blocked it out. I was very, very young. I was very far away from home. I had never experienced anything like this before, and I didn't know how to handle it or what to do. I do remember that after that, on those nights when he didn't come home and didn't bother to tell me where he was or what he was doing, because that's what cheating men do, 
I no longer waited up for him, hoping and praying that he was okay, or that he was alive. I slept. Not well, but I slept. Just like the transition of the seasons when those temperatures change all the time and seem so volatile, so too was what my life instantly became at the moment of impact. Everything changed. He had crossed a line from which there was no going back, and now the focus of my fear changed. When abuse escalates from verbal, mental, and emotional to physical, unless you've experienced it, you cannot imagine how the fear can grip you in a much larger and different and terrifying way. Also, at the moment of impact, my prayers changed. Now I prayed when he left that he wouldn't come home all night, because much like the unpredictable weather, I never knew what I was going to get. There were no warning signs, and I couldn't look at a forecast. This is what living with abuse is like, especially when you're living with abuse and the abuser. You can never relax. You never know if you're going to get bitter cold or hot as Hades. You cannot prepare. There is a constant storm in your mind wondering what the right thing to do is, if you should get out, if it will happen again, if you should call the police or get a restraining order, or if it was a fluke one-off event and maybe, just maybe, he'll see the error of his ways and change. I have a life rule that I carry around in my mind and I have for many, many years. A rule that I have not so far found an exception to. I believe that the first time only makes the second time easier. Think about that. Think of any scenario you possibly can and run it through that filter. There's something about the first because you can never go back. You now have an experience, whatever it may be, that you can never unhave. And if you do that thing for the first time and there are no consequences or there are good consequences or delayed consequences or the consequences make us think that this thing was not as bad as we had always been led to believe, it teaches our brain that we like this thing or that this thing was fun or that made me feel grown up or feel in control or whatever the case may be. The first time you have sex, it makes it easier to do it again. The first time you drink, the first time you cut out of school, the first time you drive yourself to work all by yourself, the first time you change a tire... The first time someone degrades you or talks down to you. The first time they make themselves feel more powerful or in control by making you feel powerless. The first time they gaslight you. The first time they cheat. The first time they hit you. And here's the thing. Almost always, in my experience, the first time they do those things to you is almost always not the first time they've done those things. And it won't be the last. That's an important message to tell yourself. It will not be the last time. Of course, there are exceptions to this rule. Sometimes people can see that their behavior was egregious and want to make a change for the better. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen very often. Most of the time, when people learn how to be thunder, they remain thunder. But just like with real storms, the thunder goes away. Mother Nature provides sunny, warm days. But you have to know that one day the thunder will return. The temperature will swing again. I didn't learn that lesson very quickly, unfortunately. It took me a while. I was blind to it because I got lost in feeling liked and loved and accepted. But I do wonder now if those feelings ever had any true basis. Maybe it was just my abusers being abusers, charming their way in only to eventually show the storm within. I'm so glad to say that I'm out of those relationships now. And now that I'm older and wiser... (laughs) I can see someone who might be trouble from a mile away. Now I don't feel like I need anyone's love and approval. I have my own, and that's enough for me.
So these days, once again, figuratively speaking, I can walk outside barefoot and enjoy the feeling of the cool grass under my feet because I'm not constantly worried about when I might have to run. And those layers that I piled on myself after years of abuse and shutting down, they're starting to come off now too. And although it's still difficult to trust new people, all of my days are filled with wonderful warmth and sunshine, no matter what the weather's like outside. This is what I want for you too, beautiful friend, if you don't already have it. I want your storms to disappear, the healing to continue, and the perfect warm sunshine to cover you every single day. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know, how did you deal with hot and cold swings in your abusive relationship? Let's inspire one another on this journey. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tragically Beautiful Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I've got a lot of great things coming up soon. So I have some amazing interviews with incredible abuse survivors and incredible stories. And uh, I, I think I'll continue to do these little bonus episodes once a month as well. They feel very therapeutic and very cathartic to me. So I enjoy doing them. You know, there are times when I feel like I've lived a million lives, but you know what? I have family and close friends who are hearing these stories of mine for the very first time right along with you. So be kind to people. You truly never know what experience they've endured. For up-to-date information about what I'm working on and all of the news and updates from the tragically beautiful and true and lasting wellness worlds, I encourage you to visit my website, kathywisniewski.com. Don't worry, I'll link that in the show notes. And sign up to receive my monthly newsletter. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing, writing a review, leaving a comment, sharing with a friend, or taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging us on Instagram at Tragically Beautiful Podcast. If you or someone you know might like to be a guest on a future episode, you can apply by going to tragicallybeautiful.me and completing the form, or you can find it via the link in my Instagram bio. Remember to check the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned in today's episode. I'd like to take this opportunity to mention that in an effort to do and help more, financial support of the podcast is now available. I'm committed to making a difference in the lives of abuse survivors, which is why I'll be donating a percentage to a different abuse charity every quarter. Help me continue this important work by contributing to this podcast and together let's bring hope and healing to survivors. You can find more information and a link in the show notes. Finally, if you're currently in an abusive relationship where you feel in physical danger, please find a safe place and call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. The Tragically Beautiful podcast is released every month with some bonus episodes here and there, so be sure to subscribe so you can be notified every time a new episode is released. Until then, remember, you may have experienced tragedy, but it has made you tragically beautiful. Beautiful.